Today on Lockdown Red Wings, where will Patrick Kane slot in the lineup and previewing the game against the Buffalo Sabres? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's those over at Locked On Tigers and a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And uh, Scotty, on today's episode, we're going to give the people uh, what we think is going to be the lineups, the forward lines in particular, once Patrick Kane is up to game speed and ready to play. we got some practice lines out uh, in Monday's practice, so we're going to use that as like the basis of our conversation. That's going to be segment one and one-and-a-half-ish, one-and-a-half-ish segments. Uh, and then from there, we'll just preview the game against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. Uh, so first things first, Scotty, how you doing? Happy Monday. Doing well, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all the same. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, it's uh, it's good. Yeah. Uh, How about you? Uh, Good. It was a good day. Yeah. Pretty bog standard. Take that for a Monday. We'll take that for a Monday. Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, I mean, to lead things off, Patrick Kane, media availability, said it would be uh, it's unlikely that he plays against Buffalo in Buffalo tonight. By the time you're listening to this, at least it'll be tonight. Uh, but they're shooting for Thursday. But we still got some practice lines out where Patrick Kane is now slotted in. And uh, I also, really quickly, I think it's important to throw out there that the reason for the delay, everybody is on the same page that he is 100% healthy. It has nothing to do with that. It is simply just conditioning to get up mm-hmm. to game speed. They wanted to make that like abundantly clear. They were like, there is no worry about like health. There is no worry about the hip. Like this is all the only like delay. And the reason that this is getting pushed back is strictly for like game speed conditioning. They correct. like every, every party wanted to make sure that that was like abundantly clear. So I think that's important too. Yes, correct. Uh, JT Comfer was out at practice on Monday, although it was strictly for maintenance day purposes. He is going to play against Buffalo. So when we give you the lines for, from the practice, keep that in mind. It's not necessarily the lines they're going to roll with when Kane's in the lineup, but it's just some players were shifted into different roles to fill the void left behind by JT Comfort in this practice. But I mean, without further ado, Scotty, I mean, why, why don't we get right into it? You know, one of the big questions is going to be, where is Kane going to fit? And now we have an initial glimpse at practice on Monday without JT Comfort practicing. The lines were Dylan Larkin at center, Fabry on his left wing, Raymond on the white right wing, Joe Valeno as the two C Kane on the right wing Debrinket on the left wing could have seen that coming from a mile away. Uh, and then you had Cop as 3C Perron, right wing, Rasmussen, left wing. And then Fisher, center, Sprong, right wing, Costin, left wing. Uh, first blush, Scotty, I mean, what stands out to you besides, I mean, obviously, Comfer out. Uh, what stands out to you about uh, those forward lines? I think the biggest talking point for me with this is Valeno's spot in the lineup or Fabry's then, I guess, like in turn. Yeah. Uh, I think that those are probably the two biggest points here. Um, when again, Comfer obviously will almost assuredly take over the two C role, 
So we can assume, again, not for Buffalo, but going forward, that that second line will probably be Comfer, Kane, Debrinket. I would imagine that that's going to be the plan. Um, so then you have a conversation about uh, Valeno, who's been getting top-line minutes because he got off to such a good start this season. Uh, but then Robbie Fabry has also been a, a man on fire uh, lately, obviously, and, and is like like weirdly approaching like a goal a game. He's only played like 10 games, but um, he, he's obviously been off to a really good start. And seeing him practice, you know, with him and Valeno both obviously healthy and practicing, and seeing Fabry get the nod at top line winger, I think was uh, probably the biggest thing that jumped out to me. And I think that that's kind of where the conversation starts because I don't really think. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really think there's too much discourse around the second line. I think everybody's pretty much on page that, like, yeah, it's probably going to be Kane Comfort to bring it uh, until, you know, either proven right or proven wrong that that combo can work. And obviously, you know, two-thirds of that line has played together before really, really well. So I think the conversation's more about one, three, and then a little bit of four than it is, uh, honestly, like Kane, even though he's obviously the biggest story here. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with you. The, the discourse and the conversation surrounding the second line is is really not up for that much debate. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward where most people assume he's going to be, and that's going to be on that second line. I think Valeno's spot as the second line center in today's practice is solely because JT Comfer was out. Yeah. Uh, I think there is an interesting conversation to be had about Robbie Fabry filling in that void. Uh, as like basically the third option on the top line. I mean, you saw Debrinket, they moved him to the second line to put Valeno there. Valeno has now gone uh, out to play the two second line center role during yeah. practice. And now Robbie Fabry's there. And I mean, I think it's exactly what you said. He's playing super hot right now. And we know that in the offensive zone, he can be quite lethal. Uh, seven goals in 10 games. I think it is for him. It might be with the, after the game in Montreal, it might, it might be a seven and 11. Now I think it's seven and 11. Yeah, which is still, you know, great pace for a guy who's coming off like his third consecutive knee injury. So there's an interesting conversation to be had there. And I have, that's why I come today with like two separate lineups. I have the realistic lineup for what it's going to look like when Kane hopefully plays on Thursday against the Sharks. And then I have my, well, this could be fun. Let's see what this looks like lineup. They're not too Michael different. Rasmussen 1C and Brian, this could be fun lineup. <laughs> no, he unfortunately hasn't really earned that much, uh, that much of a, a, a roster spot that high this season. He has not looked super great. So, I mean, my top line in my realistic projections stays the same, right? It's Larkin, Valeno, Raymond. Uh, it's going to be like we were talking about to break it Comfer, Kane. Third line is Cobb, Fabry, and Perron. And your fourth line is Sprong, Fisher, and Rasmussen as the wing with Costin rotating in. Now, when it comes to the 13th forward, even in both my realistic and my fun, I think it's going to be a rotation all season. Like you could see like a David Perron getting a maintenance day as a veteran. You could see Christian Fisher sitting out. You could even see Michael Rasmussen sitting out. Maybe Robbie Fabry to protect, protect those knees. Like I think it's going to be a lot like the defensive situation where you're not going to have like, this is your 13th forward. Like just because I have Costin as your 13th forward in this scenario doesn't mean that that would stay that way, right? Because you, we've seen it. You, you need a guy like Costin in the lineup. You need a guy like Costin to be on the ice to protect your teammates. So that's not me advocating for him sitting out every single game. That's just me off first blush what I think these lineups could look like. And I could also see, in realistically, Perron moving to the fourth line and Sprong moving up to the third line because Sprong is younger, has a little bit more pep in his step, and he can rip it too. So 
there's there's a conversation to be had in those bottom six, but I don't think there's a lot of movement realistically that's going to be had. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I think uh, I I really don't mind the Fabry at the top thing that we saw in practice, obviously on Monday. Um, I, I'm all for Valeno getting more opportunities too. Again, like obviously he got off to a really good start this year and has been playing well and skating specifically really well. <clears throat> but uh, I don't mind, I don't mind Fabry up there either. And it's just like the, my overarching thing throughout all of this is just like how much deeper this team is than oh, it has been the last couple of years. Like we're talking about, you know, like Daniel Sprong being on the fourth line, Daniel Sprong would have been like a, a top six winger, uh, you know, <laughs> at, at points over the last two seasons. So it's, um, it's, it's really nice to see the, the, uh, the improvement in depth for sure. I think, that yeah, I, I don't I don't mind anything there. Uh, I think again, like the second line is is pretty stapled down. Uh, obviously, that's not too far off from what we saw in practice today. I think that we will see that lineup card fairly often early on after Kane comes back, and then once we have kind of a bigger sample size and we know what works and what doesn't, then we'll probably do the lineup scramble again. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I got a, a fun lineup prediction. Where uh, someone you just mentioned uh, in my fun lineups might uh, be getting a shot, maybe getting a look oh, you in have, the top you six. Have Daniel Sprong in the second maybe, line. <laughs> maybe. I mean, they're just going to have to wait and see for uh, segment two of Lockdown Red Wings. Wow, that's a tease. <laughs> Got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description (laughs) the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows hiring <laughs> Indeed knows hiring needs to Oh my goodness. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective. I was putting the emphasis on the wrong word there when you're running your own business. So visit indeed.com/lockedon to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com/lockedon. Again, one more time, indeed.com/lockedon. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings Indeed podcast. Indeed you do, Brian. Indeed you Indeed do. You do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I have real and I have fun lineups. Like, just, I mean, there wasn't much conversation to be had about what we, what both of us actually thought the lineups would look like. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. And I'm not stirring the pot a lot. I'm not a hot take guy to begin with. I don't think I am at least. So, but I do want to preface this with, I don't think this is, actually what's going to happen that was segment one but segment two this is just we're having a little bit of fun so scotty line one we've seen valeno on the top line we've seen fabry at times on the top line not this season but in seasons prior you put my why don't we give this line 
I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. Michael Rasmus. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Why don't we put Daniel Strong on the top line? Oh you, yeah, yeah. You, you you know you he's got some he's got a little bit of pep oh, in his yeah. step. He's got a rocket of a snapshot. Just oh, I love it. I could not love anything more. I don't. Think. I mean, that's a dog. This kid, a kid. He's probably older than I am. Actually, I don't know. I'm close to 28 now. So we're getting to the point where I'm getting older than NHL players. Um, But Daniel Sprong, you know, is a type of guy who would have five more goals if he hadn't hit the post so much early in the year. Like that's how accurate his shot is that like, you know, the, the old muddy ducks quote where it's like a fraction (sighs) of an inch the other way. It would have been a goal. That's him five different times this season. It's been crazy how close he has been to scoring and how often he is. I say give him a shot on the top line, put him with uh, Raymond, who can really dish him the puck, put him with uh, Dylan Larkin, who can dish him the puck and shoot it himself, and we'll give it a shot. And then your second line stays the same. You keep Comfort, Kane, and Debrinkit. You got that nice balance of a two-way forward who can dish the puck with a uh, a right wing who can really control the puck that with, makes, in Patrick Kane. That makes that third line crazy. That makes your third <laughs> line Valeno at center, Fabry and Perron on the wing with Cop uh, as your 4C, which means your fourth line is really strong yeah. too. I mean, Cop has been underperforming, but I have to imagine having him as your 4C, despite giving him five million a year, would stink to have him play 4C. But I mean, Cop, Fisher, and Rasmussen, one of those guys rotating in for Costin when need be. I mean, I don't know. That looks that sounds pretty fun if it clicks. <laughs> I guess it does. I guess it does. Well, the interesting thing about it is, <clears throat> you know, when when we're talking, like obviously this, like you said, you know, you don't expect this to be anything off rip, but like again, that th- we've already seen three or four times just in the first two months of the season like a lineup scramble, right? And like the blender really come out in full force just based on like injuries that happen or like situationally, right? Like that top line was on absolute fire for the first, what, three weeks of the season, two weeks of the Mm -hmm. season. And then now, right? Like that, that line has been split up twice, like two different ways now. And like, so I, I think that, uh, I think that there there is always going to be a conversation, especially if there's some underperforming about some of the things in there. Like I, I don't expect Daniel Sprong to be on the top line anytime soon, but I do think when it comes to Fabry and Valeno, there's a lot of uh, flexibility there and a lot of possibilities so of nice. where they could end up playing. And, and that is nice. That's a good problem to have. It's also a good problem to have that we don't have like a bona fide 13th forward who like we know is just going to be the scratch every night. That's that, that, that means good depth. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, even though it's, you know, kind of just, as you said, like for fun, quote unquote, like, I do think that there's still conversations that are going to continue to happen, uh, as you know, once Kane mm-hmm. is playing and as we move forward with it, just because, uh, you know, that it's, it's going to be a lot of, we've already seen it. We've already seen if you don't perform or if a line is underperforming, you got you got four or five games to figure it out, and then the blender's coming out, baby. Oh, yeah. And so, again, segment one, that's what I actually think is going to happen. I think that's most realistic. But this this sounds fun. And, uh, I mean, who knows? Line, seasons are long. Like you said, blenders can come out if, if chemistry doesn't work too well for too long. And maybe you will see Daniel Sprung get that shot. Because, I mean, again, Daniel Sprung had 21 goals and 25 assists playing bottom six minutes with the Seattle Kraken last year. And I know the Seattle Kraken – based on what we're seeing this year, seems like they probably massively overperformed last season. But 
I mean, this is a guy who can put up pretty large point totals. He's hit, he hit 46 points in 66 games. Uh, he hit 20 points in 42 in 2021 with Washington. So he was on pace for a 40 point season that year as well. I, I don't know, man. Like just an idea, just throwing it out there. This, it sounds fun. Sounds just fun. an idea. Just an idea. Well, we'll just it, again, like I, I keep going back to, it's so funny to me that, you know, we, we have the, the, the biggest news cycle in hockey uh, on our hands and like, that's like the second line's really not even too much of a conversation. Like, I think we're just pretty all well aware that that's, I think there is a little bit, we can switch to special teams if you want. We can talk power play a little bit. I do think that there's a little bit more uh, maybe of, of a conversation around there. Maybe well, actually, but like, I, I do think that, you know, the, uh, the injection of him may, may change special teams at least a little bit. Well, and so I'm glad you brought that up because I had literally tabbed over to, it. I was ready to bring it up as my next talking point, because obviously they were, they were practicing power play in the Monday practice as well. And this is where I find it interesting. So the power play unit one was Raymond net front, Larkin bumper, Perron and Kane on the flanks with Goss's spare on the point. Your second power play was Fabry net front, Valeno bumper, Debrinket sprung on the flanks with Cider on the point. Yeah. And my, my issue with that is why do you not have Kane and Debrinket on the same power play line? That's what my, you have Debrinket on power play line two and Kane on power play line one. And one of the, let's be honest, I don't know what they were saying in the front office, obviously, but as Red Wings fans, like our consensus is like one of the biggest reasons you got Patrick Kane was one to improve your goal scoring overall and your puck possession numbers overall, but to feed to bring it to get that pairing back together. Yeah, I, and to I have them think... separated on the power place is a little little interesting. Again, it's just a practice. Things no, no, for sure. Back, but... I um I would say not that you're wrong about anything you said, but I would say that maybe it's maybe it's recency bias because he's got a couple on the power play in the last Duran. couple of weeks but um I, I think the i think we would i don't know how to even word what i'm thinking to be completely honest with you i think that the addition of kane at least in my head maybe this isn't shared throughout the rest of the fan base but for me i'm much more intrigued about how kane is going to help to bring it on even strength than I am like worried about Dabrinka getting opportunities on the power play. Like he's he gets his shots on the power play every time he's out there. Mm -hmm. he, he like I said, he's had a little bit of an uptick in in goals on uh, on the power play in the last couple of weeks. Like that, I, so I think maybe it's just like okay, we're not. I don't know if worried is the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Like we're not as. Uh, like contingent or, or like focused on making sure these two guys are together on special teams because we're well aware that Debrinket's going to get his opportunities either way on the special teams, whereas five on five is where like we'd like to get him some more help passing wise. And that could be totally off base and we could go into Thursday and they could be playing together, you know, on the power play. That's a very easy solution there. But in my head, that's like at least, you know, for a practice four days before, three days before, you might as well run them on opposite and see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not throwing a fit over here. I just thought it was interesting that. No, it first, is. It absolutely is. Like in the first practice that I think this is actually Patrick Kane's first real full-fledged practice with the team. He's been skating Correct. with the team, but yeah. I think they said during the media availability, like this was his first real practice, like yeah. part of the system. Um, so it was just interesting that they immediately didn't put them together on the power play, but I mean, there's, there's so much time. I mean, tomorrow they could practice and try different power play units. It's or today, by the time you guys are listening to this ahead of the Buffalo game, be using different units out there on the power play. So in the end, we're 
you know, picking apart one practice out of a thousand. Right. It's, it's just, just the first one. Yeah. So we're all, you know, we're I mean, a little we're, excited. We're hyper, yeah. we're hyper fixated on it just cause, but like, yeah. Yeah. So that's that in terms of the Kane conversation overall, I like the power play units. Um, even, even if they keep the Brinkett and Kane separate, like, whew. I mean, Perron's a lethal power play guy. You have Kane feeding him to Brinkett and Sprong can both just, like I said, shoot the puck like crazy. Uh, Fabry's not afraid to get dirty. Valeno on the bumper, I'm assuming, is just uh, a fill-in again for JT Comfer. Uh, JT Comfer typically takes that bumper spot on the second power play. This over, I mean, just this, just offensively, this forward depth just continues to just make me so excited, so excited. Same. Um, Same. But anyways, we're taking another quick break. When we return, segment three, previewing the game against the Buffalo Sabers, Patrick Kane's hometown. So stay tuned. To segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about game time. Are you tired, just absolutely exhausted with going to buy tickets online? And then next thing you know, your $30 ticket costs you $60, maybe $80, because there's just so many service fees to deal with. Well, you don't have to worry about that when you're dealing with game time. Game time is the ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all in prices, show your total upfront. So you know exactly what you're getting without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% in savings. Download game time, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment three locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty and I are going to move into previewing the game against the Buffalo Sabres. And Scotty, this is a team which we predicted would regress in the 2023-2024 season, and they have. Um, mostly, at least early on here, mostly because key injuries have really hurt them. But uh, they also didn't do anything to address their biggest needs in the offseason. So right now, they're 7th in the Atlantic Division. They have a record of 10-13-2. And, and I they're 7th in the Atlantic Division, but I think if you sort by points percentage, they are last place in the division because Ottawa, who's currently in eighth, has played fewer, many fewer games than the Buffalo Sabres. Much. <laughs> uh, so Casey Middlestat leads the team in points, 21 and 25 games. Ross Mistalin right behind that, 20 points in 25 games. Goes down from mm. there. They're out. Some key, key players. Jordan Greenway is day-to-day as of December 3rd. Alex Tuck is day-to-day still. Uh, December 3rd, that was updated Jurgensen still out, Jack Quinn still out, and then the biggest one, Tage Thompson, their star. Like, absolute. I mean, they have a Rasmus Dahlin's a star too, but their star on their forward group, Tage Thompson, has been out since November 29th with an upper body. Um, expected to be out, out until at least December 5th. So, this game against the Red Wings tonight could be the game where Tage Thompson returns. 
But if he's not, this is a team that's desperate for goal scoring that they haven't had this year, and their defense is still an issue. Yeah, 100%. We we talked about this team a lot going into the year. Um, obviously, the, the team that got the most comparisons were the, the Wings and the Sens, but uh, the the three teams of the Wings, the Sens, and, and Buffalo were always the three that were like, oh, the team who's the best of those three will be the last playoff team in, uh, in this conference. And I, I think that we, I mean, like you said, we talked about it a lot, how they were just an absolute, I think you described it as like a glass cannon, right? Like they absolutely night to night basis. If you, if you bet the over on FanDuel on every Sabres game last year, you probably made a decent amount of change, you know, like that is the type of team that they were. They scored a lot. They gave up a lot. And they did not address the defense too much this offseason. Like you said, it has still been an issue. Um, they are 25th in the NHL in goals against average. Uh, the Red Wings are 11th. So you have a, a very big discrepancy there. But also, on top of that, the reason why they find themselves so far down in the standings, they're 10, 13, and 2, and they're on a three-game losing streak going into this game, uh, is because they're not getting the goal scoring to overcompensate the defense that they didn't address for the second year in a row. And uh, they are also 25th in goals scored a game. So 25th, 25th, they're 25th on the power play. They're 23rd in safe percentage. Like th- this is a, a in pretty much any, just like as far as counting stats go, uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure the analytics here in a second, but like as far as counting stats go, this is a team that's in the bottom seven in the NHL, pretty much across the board outside of their penalty kill, which is randomly 13th in the league. Yeah, I mean, the, the term glass cannon is absolutely true. It was truer last year when they were getting the goal scoring to back it up. Last year, they outscored their problems. You look at their statistics right. last year, they had they were horrible at home. They gave yeah. up, I think, I, I, don't, I, I don't have it up in front of me right here, but they were bottom three at least in goals against in the league total because their defense and their goaltending were super subpar. Um, and they were, they were really good on the road as well, which helped. So They were like ungodly good on the yeah, road which yeah. overcompensated for the fact that they were horrible at home right and the amount of goals they scored overcompensated for the fact that they were gave up a ton of goals but because of these key injuries and just in general problems on the ice not going in the back of the net that glass cannon aspect is only really applying towards shot attempts this year uh they're they're still they're a top 15 team in five on five shot attempts they're a top 10 team in unblocked shot attempts but when you sort it by expected goals for, so the quality of those shot attempts, now they're 17th in the league. So they're just throwing, they're still possessing the puck a ton, but they're just throwing everything at the net from everywhere, but they're not really generating a ton of really high quality chances like they were last year. Because again, T- Alex Tuck is out. Um, Tash Thompson has been out. Like those are their biggest goal scores. Obviously Rasmus Dahlin is a huge, he's what, second in the team in points. But, you know, he's a def- still a defenseman at heart. He Offensive defenseman, yes. But you still need that guy on the forward core to drive the offense primarily, and they're, they're missing those key pieces. So when you take that goal scoring out, now all you're left with is, you know, shot attempts that aren't going into the back of net. They're top eight in the league in shot attempts against, which is not a good thing because that means they have the eighth most shot attempts against. They are... 10th most in unblocked shot attempts against and then expected goals against Scotty. There is sixth, So they're giving up 
still the same problems from last year persist where they give up just a ton of quality scoring chances against and their goaltending hasn't really been you know what they had hoped they put a lot of faith in uh, Devin Le- Levi to be the guy for them uh, in nine games this season he has a save percentage of 876 he got sent down to the AHL uh, Eric Comrie in six games has a save percentage of 864 thankfully Uko Pekka Lukonen has a save percentage of 907 and he's been their one goalie who has been pretty consistent for them in 13 games played but i mean they are just getting shelled like no other and they don't have the the goal scoring to back it up right now now once Tage Thompson comes back and if he comes back against Detroit that's going to stink um but until those top end guys come back this is a team that's going to continue to struggle more most likely yeah, I agree, man. Uh, and again, like it cannot be stressed enough how how kind of bitten they've been by the injury bug. But you know, e- even with these injuries, like they they still have like they, they still have players, man. Like we we talked about Darlene earlier in the season. We talked about him in the off season as well. Like that's obviously a a guy who can still drive an offense even without Thompson out there. So uh, like this isn't uh, this isn't like just a, a walkover, you know, guaranteed gimme game, especially on the road for the Wings, but. Um, yeah, th- th- this is again a team that you are objectively better than, and uh, and should be able to go in there and take care of business, at least the, with uh, the players that are healthy for Buffalo right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the special teams too, which is actually funny. You would think with everything I just said, their power play would be one of the best in the league, and their penalty kill would be one of the worst. The inverse is actually true when it comes to the special teams. In the special teams, the Buffalo Sabers power play is ranked. Um, I had it, of course. I always lose my sights. Their power play is 25th, 25th, and their penalty kill is 13th. Thank you. Which you would think it'd be the inverse, but it's it's not. So this is actually good for the Red Wings because your penalty kill has kind of been taken a beating recently. Now I believe your penalty kill is 19th. You want that to be higher. We were saying top 15 in the league was a goal for this team in terms of penalty kill and top 15 for your power play. But your power play is currently 8th. So this is a good opportunity for if you do get penalties against, which this team does because they take a lot of dumb penalties, to you know boost that penalty kill, show go out there and take care of business, and that's really what it comes down to in this entire game. Like this is a team that's down bad. This is a team that's injured and not playing their best. Go into their hometown and steal two critical Atlantic Division points. Take care of business. Absolutely. Uh, Alex Line and Net, by the way, which has me excited. Can't wait to see him perform again. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's becoming the guy that when you see that he's in the game, you uh, you get the most excited out of the three options we got. So he's hot right now, man. He is he's absolutely hot. hot right now. So one of the four games played, small sample size, but in that span has been unbelievable. Absolutely, so I'm I'm super pumped. This game is actually on national television. I think this is a Hulu game, a Hulu ESPN Plus game. So this game doesn't start until seven thirty for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, this is um, an ESPN Plus game. Yeah. Yeah, so that about does it for the coverage, right? Like three keys of the game. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, take advantage of their porous defense. That's one. Pressure, I guess. Yeah, well, it, right. just in general, just like, uh, again, like this is, uh, t- I don't know, take advantage of everything. Like, right. <laughs> like you are, you're just like, especially with the injuries at play, like you are, you are the better team, so... I, I um, guess if we want to get specific, it'd be bring the pressure. That way you could take advantage of their their more porous defense. You have to I would I would love to see you just possess the puck more than they do. That would be great because that's something, at least as the Red Wings, they haven't done a whole lot, which is why they get shelled in shot attempts. 
um, overall. So possess the puck and I don't know. Let's throw uh let's throw pretty a power play goal in there. I don't know. Their power play has been sure. great lately. Well, so. and then again, like I, I think everybody's well aware that Alex Lyon isn't going to have a 974 the rest of the season. So I think just continuing his hot streak is obviously going to continue to play a, just yeah. the team success, not even just in the Buffalo game, but on a night to night basis until he either cools down or becomes the greatest goalie to ever live. So yeah, let's say, let's say the third key is then suffocate in the defensive zone. Sure. There we go. Suppress, suppress attempts against. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for us. Today's episode, we'll be back tomorrow. Scott, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Wednesday, recapping the game against the Buffalo Sabres, so stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.